0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, hey, if if you're just kind of jumping in with Authentic Church, we've been in a series for the last six weeks that we titled Mountains and Valleys. And, you know, on the mountains, you have a mountaintop experience. That's grandiose. That's glorious. That's awesome. You get your vision on the mountain. But then you have to walk that out in the valleys. On the mountains, you get the vision from God. In the valleys, you go slay your Goliaths. And so we've been in a in a series where we've been going through and walking through that, taking a look at key places and people throughout the scriptures that would speak to us not only from then but to today. And the Bible is not just... Uh, a great story or a historical account of all that's happened, the the Bible is actually a living word, and that living word speaks to us today. It's not just the story of what did happen, but it's the story of what always happens. And last week, we began talking about David and Goliath, and you're always going to have Goliaths that you're going to face. Every generation will have a Goliath they face. You as an individual will have a giant at some point in your life we will face. And so last week we talked about the valley of Elah and the stronghold of Ezekiel. So when you look at the story of David and Goliath, which secular and sacred historians alike love to quote this story, when they're talking about sports teams and the greatest underdogs, they always bring up David and Goliath. And some of these newscasters, sportscasters, they've never even read the story. They don't even know that it's actually a biblical account of God's faithfulness to his people, not just one man versus another, but God standing up for his people. And the battle in the Valley of Elah was really about controlling the valley and capturing a stronghold that stronghold was a place called Azekah and i think we have a picture here so this is a this is the vantage point if you're standing on the stronghold on the mountain of Azekah and you're looking down you would have seen in that day you would have seen the philistines on the right hand side and then you would see the, is, the, the children of Israel on the left-hand side. And then through the valley, now it's a road, but next to the road in this area here is actually the brook of Elah. And that brook is where David would have went and gotten his five smooth stones. And the big idea last week as we were talking was really you can have an opportunity to either create a stronghold that's occupied by the enemy in your life from a negative st- stance But then you read through the scriptures and there's tons of instances where the Lord is saying, I'm your stronghold. Those that run to me will be kept safe. And the question is, where do you run when you're feeling the pressures of the giants that try to attack you? You can either run to the stronghold of alcohol. You can run to the stronghold of Instagram. You can run to the stronghold of Netflix. You can numb it. You can do all these different things. And little by little, you begin to build a stronghold that's not the Lord. And the challenge to us is to change that and run and begin to build a stronghold unto the Lord so that when the enemy comes in like a flood, he raises up a standard and you run into his his gates. You run into that stronghold and you're kept safe in those moments. And one of the quotes from last week that we talked about was this. The quote was, when you stop trying to do things your way, how many of us have tried to do things our way, right? How's that working, right? You know, when you stop trying to do things your way and live sold out to his ways, you build a stronghold built on the rock of Jesus Christ and obedience to the word of God that begins to position you to reap the blessings that's grown in the valley. So as long as the Philistines occupied the stronghold of Azekah, no matter what the Israelites did to plant and sow and do different things in the valley, they wouldn't be able to reap it because the Philistines, they controlled the stronghold that controlled the valley. But when this battle happened, when David defeats Goliath, really the Lord defeats the Philistines, when that all happened, that valley, now the blessings of the valley can become back into control of the people of God, and now they have that stronghold dedicated to the Lord. So the title of my message today is Valley of Victory, and it's kind of part two following up on last week, and I want to discuss five stones to take down your giants, five stones to take down your giants. Let's pray and let's dive into the word of God today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is life, that there's power in your word. God, I thank you that with your word you give vision, you give sight to the blind. In your word there is transformation. God, there's power in your word. So, Lord, as we read the sacred text today, God, as we read one of the most well-known stories in the history of the Bible, God, as we read this, as we talk about it, God, would you just breathe something new to us? Nobody came here to hear a man speak. God, we all came here to hear you speak. So, Lord, we're asking, would you speak today? I pray that you'd speak, that blind eyes would be open, that ears that have been deaf to the things of God would open up with revelation today. I pray, God, that every single person under the sound of my voice would receive a word from the Lord today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, you can turn with me to 1 Samuel 17. First Samuel chapter 17, I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. If you have your Bibles, we're going to kind of be hanging out there. I'll reference some other scriptures, but we're primarily going to be hanging out there today. So First Samuel 17, I'll give you a, a second to turn there. And we're going to pick up in verse 37 where we left off last week's. Last week's message. Verse 37, it's the, the famous passage where, where Saul says to David, he says, go, the Lord be with you. So up until this time, David's there and he, he kind of has this salesman moment where he's trying to sell Saul on let me battle. Now remember, before we get to chapter 17, if you go back to chapter 16, you'll see a picture played out where the prophet Samuel comes, to the family of Jesse, the, the the gentleman from Bethlehem, where David was, and, Jesse, and Samuel anoints David as king, and then David would be brought into the courts to play for Saul just to have some mood music in the back because of the pressures, everything that was going on. And really the Lord's hand came off Saul. In that moment, the Lord's hand came on David. So David and Saul already had a bit of a relationship, but he was just known as the guy that plays music on Sunday, okay? David was just known as the guy that can play some guitar and sing a few songs. And I like the sound of what you do. That's, that's the relationship that Saul had with David. How much they talked and, and interacted, we really don't know. We get a small glimpse of it, but we don't know how much and how intimate that relationship was, how much they actually conversed. And so David goes back to his house, and during that time, the lines of battle are drawn, and the Philistines are out, and the Israelites are out, and David would go back and forth. He'd get sent from his dad in Bethlehem, about 15 miles away, to come to the valley of Elah and bring supplies to his older brothers. And they, he would come, and his older brothers would kind of rib him a little bit. And and David was not old enough to be in the army of the Lord at that time. If you go back in time, I know in the United States of America, you got to be eighteen years old to serve your country. Back then, it was twenty years old, so you couldn't you couldn't serve in the army of the Lord until you were twenty because you needed to stay behind, take care of family business, take care of everything going on at home. But when you were twenty, then you would have probably been starting a family of your own, and they would be feel it's. Okay okay for you to come and join the army. So David's going back and forth, but it talks about David and says in in chapter 16, it says that he was actually a man of war. So there's something inside of him that was known about being a bit of a warrior. He just wasn't of age yet. And in 1 Samuel 17, 37, Saul says to David, he says, go, the Lord be with you. So he's finally like, okay, you can go fight this battle. We're going to pick it up in verse 38. I'm going to read through this rather quickly, and then I'm going to unpack five stones to be able to take down your giants. All right, verse 38. Then Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I can't go out with these. I've not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, And chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Verse 41. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. So if you want to see the picture, if I'm standing up here at the top step, this is about the height of Goliath. Okay? During that time, most of the men of the community, when they go back and they excavate and they dig up remains, they found that most of the men were like five, 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 six. And then you got Doliath. Goliath. Goliath's nine feet, nine inches tall. And then there's David, okay? So the Philistine, Goliath comes out. He's big, bad. And then you have his, his armor barrel, his shield guy that's there That's there just to kind of help protect him, hold different things for him, hand him this weapon and that weapon during the time of war. And it says in verse 41, so the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. So he gave him some props. You're a good looking dude, but you're, you're a little dude. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? He sees David doesn't have a sword, a spear, a shield. He's like perplexed. Like you're showing up to fight with that. Like, do you not know who I am? Does my reputation not precede myself? Do you see how I am dressed for battle? Like, is this a joke, right? He says, am I a dog? You come at me with sticks. And the Philistine curses David by his gods. So whatever that looked like, heavy cursing going on. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And this is the intent of every Goliath that you will face in your life. Intimidation, fear and panic, discouragement, distraction. If he can't knock you down, he's going to get you distracted so you don't see where the real battle is coming from. And let me just bring this home, okay? If, if your if you're giant is finances, he's going to fill you with fear. You're going to make stupid decisions financially. You're going to do things that is a knee-jerk reaction rather than really taking some time to perceive and to plan and strategize. If, 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 if your Goliath is relationships, you're going to constantly run to the wrong relationships, and you're going to isolate the right relationships that God has for you. Whatever your giant, your Goliath is, you can run to it with the power and the presence of God or you can run to it in your own strength and you're gonna be defeated. So picking it back up. First Samuel 17, we'll go to jump to 40 verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, he said, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. Like he's listening it off, right? You got you got your AK-47, you got your Glock, you got your shotgun, right? And he's it's modern day vernacular. Okay. So so you're coming to me with all this. He goes, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now, this is what's cool. So I love it. So Goliath, he he he, he gives David this, the, he slams him verbally and he's talking trash. He says, I'm gonna feed you. And David responds and look what he says. I'm not just gonna feed you. I'm gonna feed everybody around you. He says, this day... The Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'm going to strike you down. I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to give the dead bodies of all the Philistines this day to the birds in the air, the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all, that, this, all, all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with a sword or a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you, into our hand, not my hand. He's going to give you into our hand. Here's the big idea. There's basically kind of three categories of Goliaths, three categories of giants that we face, three categories that David faced. And one of the giants is the Lord allowed the giant to come so you can defeat him because he wants to promote you. Okay, there's one giant. There's one, one giant Goliath that can come your way. Then there's another one where it's just flat out sent by the enemy to take you out to steal, kill, and destroy every blessing that's on your life. And then the other one, and this is the most unfun, there's the giants, the Goliaths that we created ourselves. They're the demons that we didn't deal with that then our kids have to deal with. They're, they're the things in our life that we permitted in moderation, and now it's grown and it's overtaken. But if the battle's the Lord's, God's going to deliver that Goliath into your hand. Back to David, verse 48. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. I love the picture of that. So here they are trash talking back and forth, and then it's, it's on. It's like, let's get ready to rumble and rather than just sparring which is probably how Goliath was used to fighting most of his enemies right they saw how big he was and they thought i don't want to make a mistake one mistake with that guy he's going to hold me down and i'm toast and so he's used to guys kind of grappling kind of sizing him up kind of you know coming back and forth looking for that spot where he can finally get that jab in right my boxers right you can you're looking you're sparring but not David he does the crazy he just starts sprinting at this guy. And then I could just imagine Goliath going like, where's my, my spirit? Like, I, like he wasn't ready for that. It was like a sneak attack. So David runs out and, and it says that David put his hand in his bag and quickly took out a stone and he slung it and he struck the Philistine on his forehead and the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So he hits him and he passes out, boom, and he bounces on the ground. Goliath is used to his enemies running away, not running to him, right? David does the sneak attack. Don't run away from the giants that God brings your way. Some people are so fearful of what people may think that they never let their guard down in friendship or in marriage or anything else where they can actually see the fruit and the benefit of that blessing of that relationship. Some people run away. They shrink back from that. God's telling you, I want you to lean into those things. My question today for us is, what is your giant? What, what's, the, what's the one thing that feels like it's a bit of an Achilles heel? what's the one area of your life it seems like you take two steps forward and it's like boom you just get knocked back down and you kind of take one step up and you get back down again what's the one thing that's a constant like if you look over the pattern of your life over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years what's an area that just feels like Man, I just can't seem to have sustained victory in this area you get a little bit of momentum and then you get knocked back what, what would that be for you and we're going to have an interactive moment right now in church, and uh, you're actually going to help me preach next week's message right now. So we're going, to do, we're going to do something fun. I actually thought through and looked back through and prayed into a series of feedback that many of you have given to me in prayer requests, uh, in, in text messages, concerns, um, in, in sharing where you're at in life and in the body of authentic church, and boiled it down to kind of five key areas. And so I want, I want everybody, just right now, we're just going to have an interactive moment. So take out your phones in church, everybody, even the young people. If you got a phone, I know your parents probably said, put it away, you're in church. Well, I'm, I'm, Pastor Jeff is just giving you parents, if it's okay, I'm just going to give all the kids permission. Everybody can take out their phones, and, and we're going to do a text poll. And so I want you first to be able to get into the text poll. You have to text... The 94,000, that phone number, text the phone number 94,000, and the keyword that you want to put into the body of your text message is authentic, okay? So you're going to put that in to the body of the text message. And if this is your first time ever doing this at Authentic Church, by the way, it's going to ask you just a couple quick questions. I think you have to put in your name or your, maybe your email or something like that. Um, and if you don't want to receive any communications after this, don't worry, you can easily opt out, you can just hit stop and it'll stop. So, um, when everybody's done that, you can just wave your phone at me. Just kind of like, I did it. Okay, cool. Cool. I see that hand. I see that hand. Awesome. Okay. Okay. This is going to be great that you're going to, you're going to help me provide. Cause what I want to be able to do next week is I'm actually going to speak on taking down the most requested giant that most of us are facing. And I'm going to speak and share from a biblical perspective how God's word outlines areas to be able to defeat that, to see breakthrough and overcome that area. All right. So everybody did it. You guys are all signed in there. Okay. Okay. So I have to press a button now on my phone to release the poll. So I, I hope this works. So we're, we'll see. We'll see it. You can let me know if you get it. All right. It should be, should be going through. Got it, got it, got it. All right, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it all throughout. All right, so the message was sent out. All right, so which of these giants do you seem to face most in this season of your life? And what you're gonna do is you're just gonna reply with just one number. So you're not going to, you just, if, if, if it's finances, then you're just literally, your text message back is that number one, okay? If it's relationships, it's number four, addiction number five, et cetera, right? So so which, which this is the pole of the giants. So which of these areas do you feel like, man, this is where I, I'm constantly kind of seeing, I, I, I want to have greater wisdom in, I want to see greater breakthrough in, I need to see a supernatural move of God in this area of my life? Is it number one, financial breakthrough. Number two, anxiety or depression. Number three, is it physical healing in your body? Number four, is it relationship? Number five, is it any addictions? And we're going to unpack these giants in the weeks to come, looking at instruction and application from the Word of God, which is the best. Okay, there's a lot of great books out there. There's a lot of great communicators out there. I want to know what the Word of God says about this area of my life. Amen? So, Thank you for filling that out. I'll give you the poll at the, end of, uh, at the end of the sermon today. Hopefully, I'll have the results of that poll, and I'll share that with you at that time. So five stones to take down giants. So now we're going to kind of turn, and I'm going to share with you something. So a few years ago, before we launched Authentic Church, my wife and I had the honor and privilege to go to Israel, and there was... Um, I had just come off, I was at the end of a 40-day fast in 2019, and the last day of my fast, somebody invited me to a dessert night, which just felt so cruel. I'm like, I just need another 24 hours, man, and you invite me to this epic dessert night. And the speaker that night was sharing on Israel, and shared about God's plan for Israel, um, prophecies about Israel, and really having a heart for the people of Israel. Not necessarily that they're more special than you, they're just God's firstborn. And there is something special about the firstborn. And so they shared about that, and it was a great opportunity to get to know things more. And little did I know I'm sitting across the table from a guy that night, and we're jaw jacking and talking. His name's Jeff, my name is Jeff. We're talking about business and different things. What do you do, what do you do? Well, it turns out this guy actually um, you know, I, I thought I did pretty well in business, but I, I I wasn't flaunting it. We were just talking about owning our own businesses. My business was very small in comparison to his because his does billions a year. Mine did not do billions a year. And uh, we begin to share and he's like poking and prodding me. Why haven't you gone to Israel? And really at the crux of it, it was just because of the finances. I thought if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I'm going to go do something with my family as much as I'd love to go to Israel. But I'm not going to spend, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand $10,000 to go to Israel, my wife and I. And so little, little did I know... That guy was a billionaire in that moment and fast forward a few months and him and his wife actually felt on their hearts to be able to bless Fawn and I with a trip to Israel. So if anybody, the long, the, 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 the story is basically, if anybody offers to bless you with a trip to Israel, just say yes. Okay. Say yes. And when we're in Israel, I got to reconnect with pastors and leaders that had been in my life uh, since Fawn and I got married. And there's a few of them that live over there. And the last night we had this awesome worship time in Jerusalem together in this upper room area. It was beautiful. And during that time of worship, my buddy comes over to me, pastor in my life, and he begins to pray and prophesy and speak over me. And then he hands me a jar that contained five smooth stones. And so these stones that I have up here, and I'm going to take them one by one, are actual stones from the Valley of Elah, actually from the brook where David would have gone down and found the perfect stone that he would have been able to sling across at that giant. So I'm going to share five stones today to help us all take down any giant that we're facing. And basically the stone is this. It's what you reach for when you're facing a giant. It's what you reach for when you face the giant. The first stone that I want to give us today is the stone of praise and worship. The stone of praise and worship. The stone of praise and worship is the most important because no matter what diagnosis you might be faced with in your life, no matter what financial challenge may come your way, no matter what situation you'll have in your marriage and raising kids, no matter what situation you'll have in school and vocation, when you face a giant, when you face a challenging moment, the best thing you can do, the first thing that I recommend you should do is to crank up the praise and the worship in your life. You know, David was groomed on the hillside for battle long before he faced the giant in the valley. There's things that happen on the hillside of just him and God, this secret place that he went to, so that when he came into the valley into the moment of craziness with the armies looking across that valley at the Philistines, that he had a peace that surpassed all understanding. Where did you get that peace? You get that peace from the hillside. When you spend time constantly, frequently, as a regular activity in your rhythm of your week, when you're spending time in the presence of God, having those God encounters of worship, man, your perspective change, and no matter what comes your way, you can praise him. We praise God for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he will do. We worship God for who he is. And there's something special about coming into the atmosphere of worship. Did anybody feel that today in this room? Like some, you know, when, when the spirit of God are, kind of shows up in, in a moment of worship like that, you, you can feel a lot of different things. And we don't base our faith on feeling. We know that he's in the room because his word says he's in the room. But there's times where it's like, whoa, I'm not alone in this room. I'm not alone in this moment. I'm not alone in this valley. I'm not alone facing this giant. I sense the presence of God. Again, we don't always sense the presence of God, but there's something powerful when we come together in an atmosphere of worship. I think it's one of the reasons why the writer of Hebrews says hey, don't forsake gathering together. No matter all the craziness that's going on outside of the walls of this gathering, don't forsake coming together. Don't, don't, don't give up the meeting together. There's something beautiful. There's something powerful. When my faith and your faith and your faith get added together, it's like that threefold cord. It's not easily broken. And you're worshiping from your place, and I'm worshiping from my place. But altogether, this glorious offering of incense rises to the Lord, like we sang today, day and night, night and day. Let, let, let praises rise. Let it rise like incense as a fragrant offering to the Lord. Saul could not face Goliath because he looked at him with his physical eyes. So Saul's the kind of Saul. Most people believe that Saul was about six seven, six eight. So I mean, he he would have been a baller, right? You know. So so at that time, when the average height was five six, so Saul was six eight, and he sees Goliath, that's nine nine, and he's like, oh man, I'm out. Saul's the kind of guy that measured people's worth by what they drove. By how they the house they lived in, by 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 how, what they what they wore, like that. Saul's that kind of guy, right? David, on the other hand, says, "I don't care about any of that stuff. I measure things. I measure people based on their relationship with God, and I can see this guy has none. And our God is going to reign supreme. So I don't have to worry about anything. The Lord's going to deliver this guy into my hands." David, where did he learn that? He learned it from his dad, Jesse. The Bible talks about how from, from the stump of Jesse will come the Messiah. It's a messianic prophecy, the stump of Jesse. It didn't say the stump of David. It said the stump of Jesse. Jesse had a way about training his kids that prepared David for the battles that he would future face. So you dads in the room, continue to train your kids. Jesse was the son of Obed. Obed was the son of Boaz. Boaz married Ruth. Ruth's mom was Naomi, her mother-in-law. And just because of Boaz's faithfulness, Because him being a patriarch in the family, the great-grandfather of David, he began grooming that lineage to believe and walk in the ways of God. So Jesse has a son David, and yeah, there was something special on David for sure. But there's something special on Jesse's life as well. Grandparents, may we all have grandkids that defeat giants that maybe we never faced or we never conquered, right? The atmosphere of worship changes the landscape. It was said about this about David. If you go back a chapter in 1 Samuel 16, 18, it said this. They're they're talking about David and it said, David, they said, Behold, I've seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing. He's a man of valor, a man of war. He's prudent in speech and a man of good presence, the most important thing, and the Lord is with him. Man, is that the greatest compliment you and I could have? Man, I don't know what it is about the Murrays, man. It just seems like the Lord is with them. I, I, don't, I don't understand the blessing of God that's on their family and Ella and Cash and Cole and Mace. I don't know what it is. It just seems like, what, what is it? The Lord is with them. I don't know what it is about Isaac and Melly and their first year of marriage and just how beautiful they reflect Christ. I don't know what it is. It's the Lord's with them. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how it is with Holland and, and his incredible wife Cheyenne. How, how is their life? This, the Lord's with them. The Lord's with them. Let it be said of us, the Lord is with us. Psalms 22 verse 3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Notice it does not say that God inhabits the complaints of his people, right? (laughs) Sometimes you just need to get out of your head and get into the presence of God. My wife says it all the time. She's like, get out of our head and get into the presence of God. Come on, we need to stop talking about it and we need to start praying about it. We need to stop sitting here fretting about it. We need to start worshiping through it, right? There's something about getting into the presence of God. He inhabits the praises of his people. So if you're facing a giant of any kind today, I wanna encourage you, turn up the worship in your life, Set aside that time to praise him and worship him for he's good. He's worthy of praise. No matter what is going on in our world, God is still worthy of praise. Amen. Isaiah 54, 17 says this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Notice it doesn't say no weapon will ever be formed against you. You're going to have weapons that get formed against you. Welcome to life on planet earth. We live in a fallen world. There's gonna be weapons that are formed against you. It just says, it ain't gonna prosper. It ain't gonna prosper. It's not gonna work out the way that the devil thought that it was gonna work out. Let praise and worship be the stone that you reach for, that first stone that you grab when you're facing a giant. Number two, the second stone, the stone of God's word. The stone of God's word. And I wanna encourage you, reach for the stone of God's word, God's word, the logos, and the Rama. you might be here today and you're like well what's what is that i don't know what logos and Rama. what are you talking about? the logos is the written word of god that's where you get the word theology from the logos the written word of god that's that's you read the word of god faith begins to ride but then there's the Rama word of god the Rama word of God is that God-breathed word. It's where the prophetic comes into play, where you could share a scripture millions of times, but suddenly in the moment, that scripture is alive and it hits you differently. What is that? That's that's the prophetic edge on the word of God, the Rama word of God. My pastor used to tell us this. He'd say, Jeff, read the logos, the written word, until you get the Rama, the spoken word. You read the logos, and then you get that word that applies to your life, your situation, your marriage, your job, your kids, the decisions you're making. You read the written word of God, the logos, until you get that rhema. When was the last time you got a Rama? When was the last time you're sitting there reading the word of God, and you begin to journal? And it's like, you just can't write fast enough to keep up, Right? I love Psalms 45, verse one. It says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. When was the last time where you just, man, the word of God just came alive to you. You, you feeling like, I feel like I got a message I could preach on a Sunday, right? You know, when, when, when was the last time God, I wanna encourage you, let the Holy Spirit direct your Bible reading into an encounter with God. And as you read the Bible, as it comes alive, as it gets highlighted to your life situation, whatever you're facing, let him take you on that rabbit trail. A lot of times when you read, it's like you're reading and you're reading and reading and all of a sudden something hits you and you feel a little nudge. And it's like, wow, I never read. I needed that today. And the Holy Spirit's like, dig, dig. There's an X on the page. There's treasure there. I want you to dig there. You're going to get a nugget that is not just going to sustain you today. Yes, it's your daily bread, but it's going to, it's going to help you with your life tomorrow. What's that rhema word from God? Remember, it took Abraham 25 years to see the rhema word that God gave him with Isaac come to pass. It took him 25 years. Sometimes we want it Today. But God's word gives you insight into his character. It reminds you of his faithfulness. When you know God's character, you're gonna have the courage to fight when you feel like giving up. When you know God's word, you understand his character and you create history with God as you read his word. Romans 10, 17 says this. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When do you need a lamp? When it's dark out. If you have a lamp out when it's daylight, you're wasting oil, you're wasting batteries, right? You bring the lamp out, you bring the light out when it's dark. When you're going through a dark time, when you're going through a valley, bring the light of the word of God out into that situation, It's going to help you see. It's going to help you avoid mistakes by making emotional decisions. The word of God grounds you. Praise and worship will raise you up. You'll you'll see from a different perspective. You'll, you'll You'll see yourself seated in heavenly places, the Bible talks about. The praise and worship will raise you. The word of God will ground you in a good way. He's an anchor to you. So the third stone, the third stone that I want to give to you yeah, my wife's reminded me. That was the second stone, the second stone. The third stone is gonna be fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. Fasting isn't something that we just do in January because we ate too much in December <laughs> or just to celebrate the new year and be like, I'm really gonna go all in for Jesus. And I'm, I'm, I mean, we do that as a church just about every January unless the Lord has told us to do otherwise. But I want to encourage you, have a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. I remember when I was building my business as a young man, I I would fast every single Monday, every single Monday, because, man, I needed God to show up. I needed to see miracles that week. (laughs) Anybody ever ran a company like that? Anybody ever had a business like that? Like, man, if God doesn't show up, like, my family's not going to eat, you know? And so I would have a time of fasting and prayer every single Monday and dedicated it to the Lord. I wanna encourage you, have fasting and prayer be one of the stones that you reach for when you're facing a Goliath. And maybe, just putting it out there, maybe even fasting and praying when you're not even facing a giant because you don't even know that in your fasting and you're praying, you're actually keeping giants at bay. There's a story, some of you are gonna be fasting and praying and you won't even need to fight. There's a story in 2 Chronicles where uh, there's there's this is King David's great, 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 great grandson. I think that's how many greats there is between him and Jehoshaphat. But anyways, it's about hundred years after King David, there's new giants rising up against the children of God. And then the nation of Israel's divided. They had they had they had the nation of Judah and the nation of Israel. So Judah was walking in the ways of the Lord in that time. Israel, not so much, okay? And during that time, it's divided, and the battle is raging, and Jehoshaphat, the enemy's coming down on him. He's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. They declare a holy fast, even the kids. It's like, babies, you ain't gonna eat. We are all gonna fast. If we don't fast and pray, if God doesn't show up, we all gonna die. So consider yesterday your last meal, but we're fasting today. All right. So they all start eating. Valor's not, he's, he's fasting. Uh, Mabel's fast. Everybody's fasting in the house, right? It's so all every, he says, there's no eating. We're all going to be fasting. Last, last night was the last meal. We're all going to be fasting today. And they begin to fast. And as they're fasting and they're praying, they're having a prayer meeting as a nation. And in that moment, there's a guy named Jehaziel. He gets up and he prophesies and he says this verse 17 second chronicles 20 verse 17 he says you will not need to fight in this battle he's prophesying he's speaking on behalf of the lord to the nation of israel you're not even going to need to fight in this battle he tells him this stand firm hold your position see the salvation of the lord on your behalf for judah and jerusalem stand firm go back Stand firm. Hold your position. See the salvation of the Lord. I feel like somebody in this room needs to be reminded, stand firm. You need to stand firm today. Don't back off. Don't back away. Stand firm. Hold your position. Like that classic picture in Braveheart where they're on the front lines and they're all coming and he's like, hold, hold, not yet, hold. God's saying, hold your position. And see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. And then it goes on to say, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them and the Lord will be with you. And at this sound, what does Jehoshaphat do? He does what you would do. He bows his head, his face to the ground and all of the nation and he falls down before the Lord and he worships. It's like, Oh God, thank you. Thank you. You know, he's like, Jesus wasn't there yet, but you know, today we'd be like, Oh God, thank you, Jesus. Right. You know, you needed that. You need that. You need that, that word from God. And sometimes you won't get it until you pray and you fast. Here's what happens when you fast and pray. Fasting disconnects you from the world. Prayer reconnects you to God. In short, That's what's happening when we fast. Fasting disconnects us from the world. Prayer reconnects you with God. So the third stone, fasting and prayer. And then the fourth stone. The fourth stone is the stone of resources. Resources. So... In 1 Samuel 17, verse 50, it says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. And then David ran and stood over the Philistine, and he took his sword and drew it out of his sheath, and he killed him and cut off his head with it. Sorry to those that are having horrible pictures in their minds right now. The Bible is R-rated at times in the Old Testament. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. So David goes up against Goliath. Goliath's got sword, he's got spear. I mean, he's, he's packed, he's ready to rock and roll. David comes up with a rock. That's it. Sometimes you just gotta use what you got. Question is, what do you got? I love the picture in the Old Testament where God's talking to Moses and Moses is like, how am I gonna feed these people? How are we gonna, how are we gonna provide? I, there's no water anywhere. God says, what's in your hand? He says, a staff. He says, strike the rock. You gotta use what's in your hand to sow what's in your heart. You just gotta use what you got, where you're at at that time. What did David do? He went down to that brook, man. He went down to that place and he grabbed his rocks out. Goliath comes with a sword, David with a rock, and you gotta hit the devil with whatever you got. So what resources do you have available to you? And then it says, and David, after he hits Goliath, he runs over to him, right? He's like, I don't know if he's down for the count or what. And Goliath is laying there, and so he goes over, and the armor is freaking out, obviously not watching over Goliath. And David comes over, grabs the sword, and then cuts the head off. He's like, done, like done done tko baby like it's 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 done right over game over and and then that just released the praise and the worship he took he took that sword and he cut off his head the lesson is this the giants that you are facing today will give you the weapons that you need for tomorrow david cut off goliath's head with goliath's own sword and then he used that sword to chase off the philistines There's weapons that God wants to give you that you're gonna receive with the giants you defeat in this season. Some of you have resources in your hands. You have ideas. A lot of times resources are a supernatural provision from the Lord that doesn't come in the form of checks in the mail or inheritances. And we pray for that. We believe in that. Yes, God can do exceedingly abundantly above. We can ask, think, or imagine. I believe that. Sometimes the supernatural provision from the Lord is a supernatural idea. Sometimes it's a a thought, it's a concept, it's it's, it's being able to bring something to your employer that nobody else is bringing. And you bring that and you get the promotion somebody else wanted to get. Sometimes the supernatural provision of the Lord is just a supernatural idea from God. And you're going to be the one, now you're going to walk that out. There's resources he wants to put into your hands. The giants you're facing today are going to give you the weapons that you need for tomorrow. And I felt like in the, in the form of resources, and uh, I felt a prophetic word actually coming in today. I, I got a prophetic word uh, that was sent across the, the social media platforms from a gentleman named Michael Maiden, incredible prophet guy. And it was Isaiah 60, verse 22. And I read this, and it was just like, this is the word of the Lord for us. Isaiah 60, When the right time comes, I, the Lord, will quickly do this. I will quickly do do this. And then as I was praying, processing with God, then the Lord led me to Amos, uh, the prophet Amos, chapter 9, verse 13. The Lord says, a great time of blessing is coming. Workers will still be harvesting when it's time to plow the fields again. They will be trampling the grapes when it's time for a new crop. Sweet wine will drip from the mountains and pour from the hills. There is a, a Kairos time that is coming where the reaper catches up to the sower, where it's like you're sowing and you turn around as fast as you're reaping. You're sowing a seed today and it's like tomorrow you're gonna reap a harvest. You're gonna sow a seed of the gospel today and somebody's gonna hear it for the first time that they can remember and the light bulb's gonna come on and they're gonna say yes to Jesus. You're gonna sow seeds in different areas of your finances and you're gonna turn around. and It's like, whoa, then the blessing came and you didn't even anticipate it. Dr. Cho, famous leader, one of the largest churches in the world over in South Korea, one of his famous sayings is, you're living on the prayers today that you prayed six months ago. So if you want your, what do you want your life to look like from six months from now? Well, then start praying those prayers, start praising and worshiping along those lines and see the provision of the Lord. Number five, the fifth stone. And this is where we're going to kind of land the plane today. I'll have Isaac, come and join me up on the piano if you would. The fifth stone is the stone of community. Community. 1 Samuel 17, verse 51 When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and they pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron, so that the wounded Philistines fell on the way. As far as Gath and Ekron and the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their camp. these This was the army of God. These were the guys that were freaking out, scared. They don't want to face Goliath. Goliath would come out and he would taunt them and they would turn around and they'd run. they shudder. But now suddenly when they see that giant's fallen, it wasn't just for David's benefit. It was for everybody in the community. And you know, today is is our Connect Group Sunday. It's, it's, it's an invitation to you, to everybody in here, that we would build more community. And one of the connect groups that we have going on um, is the, the Dalby's group that's happening on this Tuesday. Ryan and Annie, if you could just stand, just wave at everybody so they see you, just stand up. Ryan and Annie Dalby. You know, in the family of God, your victory is our victory. My victory is your victory. We celebrate together. And and I love that the Dobby's are opening up their house on Tuesday night. And what they're gonna be doing is a Bible study and having time of prayer. And the Bible study is really just gonna stem from the scriptures that we shared today. So on the Sunday before their group on Tuesday nights, they'll just read it again as a group and then unpack some different things. And the question is in those moments is, hey, what are we observing that maybe we never saw before? And then also, hey, how does this apply to your life? And then everybody's just going to share, you know what? I can apply this to this situation I'm facing with my job. I can apply this situation in this relationship that I'm having difficulty in. I can apply this to whatever area. And they're going to say, okay, well, we want to pray with you that you can successfully walk this out, that you're gonna have the strength to apply it to your life today. That's community. And too many times, people come into settings and they run from community when it's the one thing that God called us to be in. He created his church for the sake of community, that nobody is meant to do life alone. When you're in community, you understand the right fight to say yes to, And community helps protect you from the wrong fight that the enemy wants to drag you into. You know, when David approached the battle lines, what happened? Remember his brothers, oldest brother Eliab? He starts making fun of David. Starts laughing at him. What are you doing here? Tell you what, after that moment, he ain't laughing no more. (laughs) He's not laughing anymore. If David would have wasted his energy fighting his brother, he never would have fought the real battle. And too many times in Christianity, in the church at large, the big C, there's too many squabbles going on. There's too much fighting going on. There's too much negative talk and different things going on. And I just wonder if you're Father God, you're the dad, the father of the universe, and you're looking at your kids, that would break your heart. There's nothing worse than when you got a bunch of kids and they're arguing. Like, I hate it as a dad. You just want peace in the home, Right? God's the same way. He wants peace in his church. And maybe there's some things, even as I'm sharing this, where you maybe have spoken negative about some other church, another pastor, another minister. I just want to encourage you to repent of that. At Authentic Church, you know, we're just doing our part, trying to be faithful to what God's called us to. We may see things differently than some of the surrounding churches but I'm not going to speak negative about them. I'm going to look for some, every one of those churches probably has something positive, a nugget that I could grow and glean from. Pastors that are out there, even pastors that experience some really difficult times and then some stupid stuff and some moral failures that really hurt them, hurt their families. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to pray for them. David, this guy that we're talking about today, some of you know the rest of his story. It's colorful. We say colorful because it's too much to really list out. So many things the guy did wrong, but he was a man after God's own heart. And this morning, maybe you're here and one of those stones applies right now to what you're facing. What is it? Is it it the stone of praise and worship? Is it the stone of the word of God, man, if I could just get that stone back into my satchel, if I could just have that back into my life as a resource, man, that would, I know that would be the difference maker. Some of you are here, maybe it's fasting and prayer. You're like, you know what? I feel convicted. I really need to fast and pray about this situation. I need to make sure that I'm walking in God's perfect plan for my life in this area. Some of you, it's resources. There's resources that God's put his finger on and you haven't picked it up and ran with it he wants you to be diligent with that idea that business idea that concept that thought like what are some of those resources he wants you to apply in community goes without saying god wants us all to be in community what stone what's applicable to your life and i just as we close today i just want to take a moment let's just all just close our eyes bow our heads and just have a moment before the lord holy spirit will you speak to us today Show me which of these stones I can apply to my life right now. Which of these stones applies to my situation? God, would you show me? Is it praise and worship? Is it your word? Is it fasting and prayer? Is it resources? Is it community? Holy Spirit, would you just show us? And you might be here today and you're like, man, it's all five. (laughs) That's good. All those five together is going to take down that giant that you're facing. Man, there's nothing like being in the house of God. There's nothing like that sense of community. There's nothing like coming around with different people and praying and worshiping and bouncing ideas and resources off together. God, I thank you that you've given us everything we need for the battle that we're facing right now. Holy Spirit, would you just speak to us show us. And Lord, I ask that you'd show us now how to apply that stone to our lives. If you're here today and you're thinking, I want to apply all of those to my life, but I don't even know where to begin. Jeff, you don't even you don't even know how unravelled my life feels right now. If that's you, I just want to encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Like Jesus is real. He's not some fictitious character written about a long time ago. No, he he really is God. He really lived on this planet 2,000 years ago. He really died on a cross for the forgiveness of all the sin of all mankind. And there was something... Supernatural that happened in the moment of his resurrection. It wasn't just life coming back into a body. It was a brand new, it was, an, it was a new shape that he took and revealed himself and it was God showing himself. And then God leaves the Holy Spirit with his disciples and the church continued to grow and believers continued to come and people continued to put their faith in Christ. And when they did, they saw giants fall. When they did, they saw their lives transformed and changed. Their eternity was secured. Things that felt out of balance somehow got realigned because of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you need to put your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you to pray the prayer that Paul outlines in Romans chapter 10. He says this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. He said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Like it's a done deal. And if you're here today and you need to make that confession, if your heart is like palpitating in your chest right now because you're like, I know this is what I need. I know it. I knew it before I walked in here. I knew you were going to talk about this. I figured somebody would bring this up. If that's you and you need to put your faith in Jesus, today is your day. You just simply pray the prayer that's listed here. Jesus is Lord. And if you do that, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. Not you might be. No, you are saved. You're saved right now in a moment. It's it's the beautiful exchange where Jesus took all the penalty of sin and shame and stuff that you've been dealing with and walking with for years. You've not been able to do it on your own. Why? Because you were never designed to do it on your own. He was designed to take that from you. And so you take off your old stuff, and Jesus says, "I'm gonna robe you with my robe of righteousness. I'm gonna, I'm gonna create you. You're a new creation, and He wants to do that in your heart today. And if you've prayed that prayer today, if that's your confession, Jesus is Lord. I want to meet you. I want to pray with you. I want to talk with you after service. I just want to shake your hand. And we have a gift for you. It's a, it's a small gift, really. The greatest gift we can give you is the gift of our time. And our time, we want to walk with you through whatever you may be going through. But the small gift that we do have for you is we have a Bible we want to give to you. We we have a card that's got some information on kind of the next steps that you would have as a follower of Christ. And we want to walk with you through that. And I also want to encourage you in your journey. Forgive yourself. Be patient with yourself. Sometimes we want change in a moment, like I want microwave faith, man. Like I want to, like, like I want it now. You know what I mean? But sometimes transformation takes a little bit of time. And our connect groups, the community around you—that's what we're here for. We're gonna walk with you. We're gonna walk with you through this, man. My shield is your shield. We aren't gonna—we're not gonna be like Goliath's armor bearer that like laid down in the middle of the fight. No, we're gonna be like like David's future armor bearer like Jonathan's armor bearer, that people and men and women of God, where they said, hey, whatever you're going through, I'm gonna go with it through you, with you as well. Your shield is my shield. My shield is your shield. You weep, I weep. You rejoice, I rejoice. I'm gonna be with you. So we have a gift that we wanna give you. It's right up front. Why don't we all stand together today? I just wanna pray a blessing, prayer a blessing over you. And as we conclude today, if you need prayer for anything, any giant you're facing, man, let's slay that sucker together today. Let's put him down. Let's put that giant to bed today. I'm gonna ask the prayer team just to join me up front on the sides. Some over here, some over there, if you don't mind, prayer team. And if you need prayer for anything today, I wanna you. I want encourage you, come forward. Let's pray with you. And maybe you're in a situation where maybe it doesn't feel like a giant yet, but you can kind of sense there's something on the horizon and you need prayer. We want to pray with you today. So I'm going to close out. I'm going to pray for all of us as we conclude today. So parents, if you could go pick up your kids, go grab them, come back. But if you need prayer today, do not leave this place without getting prayer. Let me pray a blessing over you. God, I thank you. Thank you for your hand on this moment thank you for your hand on your people your hand on the church God I thank you Jesus you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail and the church is the people of God rising up gathering together God I thank you Lord thank you for pouring out your spirit in this moment God I thank you for the the stone of praise and worship Thank you what happens in that atmosphere. Thank you, Father, for the the stone of the word of God. Thank you, God, that we encounter you. When we read your word, we're encountering you. We're encountering the living God. Thank you for the logos that leads to the rhema word of God, the prophetic word. God, I thank you. I thank you for fasting and prayer that disconnects us from the world and reconnects us to you. Thank you for resources and supernatural blessing and increase, God. And thank you for the gift of community that we're going to walk through this life together. And we're all gonna be in heaven one day rejoicing for all of eternity. And it all started because all of us experienced a moment like this where we said, Jesus is Lord. God, I pray your blessing upon every person here today. God, help us take these weapons into our week. God, I pray that we would slay any giant that would come our way. In the mighty name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at authenticoc.com.